Deer found her. As you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Deer Found Her podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. I had so much fun with today's guest. We laughed so hard together. Kelsey Gilbert Kryling and Mallory Lazic, founders of Week of the Website, are on the same page as me on so many levels. They took a $2,500 investment each and built an incredible brand built solely on process. They build websites for brands in just one week. And guess how many they've built to date? Over 700. But before we get into today's episode, I'm your host of Dear Founder, Lindsay Pinchuk, and I've been building brands for nearly 25 years since college. And with a $500 investment of my own, I founded, built, and sold a seven-figure business that reached 3 million people per month across multiple platforms. This podcast is my twice-weekly letter to you to inspire you to find success through your own entrepreneurial endeavors. This podcast is the show I wanted 13 years ago when I became an accidental female founder. So if there's anything that you want to hear about or anything that you want me to share to help you through your endeavors, I invite you to reach out. All you have to do is shoot me an email at lindsay at lindsaypinchuk.com or you can DM me at lindsaypinchuk. And if you're inspired by today's episode, I invite you to share it. Simply text it to a friend or share it in your Instagram stories. If you tag me at Lindsay Pinchuk or at Dear Founder, you know that I will absolutely come and say hi and I will likely share your post. And as always, if you like what you're hearing, I would love it if you left a five-star rating or review on any platform where you podcast as that's how other entrepreneurs discover our show and the incredible stories that we share here. All you have to do is go to www.ratethispodcast.com forward slash Dear Founder, and you'll be able to rate or review us wherever it is that you listen. So Week of the Website is a Squarespace design agency tailored to creatives with a purpose. Founded in 2014 by Kelsey Gilbert Kryling and Mallory Ulazic, Week of the Website has turned the agency model on its head, revolutionizing the web design process through open collaboration, transparency, creativity, care, and a whole lot of joy. With over 700 site launches to date, clients have included tastemaking chefs, best-selling authors, policy experts, nonprofit organizations, notable artists, award-winning actors, even a few yacht companies. So in short, they are catering to awesome people doing awesome things. And without further ado, I want you to come on in and meet Mallory and Kelsey. Get ready to have your minds blown and get ready to have a whole lot of fun. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. On today's episode, I have two co-founders who I just told them I have been hearing about them for a very long time and we've never met, even though we live in the same place. 
And I'm so excited to have them here because not only do they have an amazing story, but they have an amazing product and service that so many of you can probably benefit from. So Mallory Ulazic and Kelsey Gilbert Kryling are the co-founders of Week of the Website, and they are here to share their story of their journey with us. So welcome, ladies. It's so great to have you here. Hi, thanks for having us. Thrilled to be here. Yeah, we're of course. very excited about So this. like I said, I have heard about you guys and it, I'm very excited to have you guys. Um, like I said, I have been hearing about you guys for so long and I want to hear the story straight from your mouth. So who wants to kick us off? Oh, boy, I'll I'll launch into it. Um, Kelsey and I have a, a very long background, a, a good long history together. Um, so. We actually met through a cooking club uh, that was for, I believe it was like gluten-free and neither of us were gluten-free. Um, and so I had been to her apartment for the first time. And we love retelling the story about how I was like, who's this bubbly, just like got her stuff together, youngin, which she's only three years younger than me. So I don't know why I thought that at the time, but I was just so impressed by her and everything she was doing. She had this like online zine. She was working for a hospitality company. She was building websites. Um, and at the time I had a couple of retail stores in the Chicagoland area. And so we both were sort of in that Chicago fashion industry side by side. So we'd see each other at events all the time. Um, and we ended up um, turning that into a friendship over time. I think at one point we jokingly went to see apartments together in Wicker Park, um, posing as roommates because we just wanted to see what the new apartments in Wicker Park looked like. Um, but there was a moment where, um, I guess, yeah, there was a moment I where I knew I I forgot about that, and we can see that building from our office now. Yes, our but, office. Like, had completely <laughs> blocked that out. <laughs> yes, it was great. I remember you were like, I really want to see these new apartments. Do you want to come with me? We can pretend that we're going to be roommates. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to go to this drink event afterwards. I think it was like a Vosges chocolate at the time on Armitage. Anyway, um, so... I was just really impressed by Kelsey and everything she was doing. I also at the time, like, like this was like two years later, I was deciding that I was going to stop doing what I was doing at the time, which was those retail stores. Um, it just like wasn't the rest, best market for it at the time. And I just found myself running up against like doing that and doing what I really wanted to do was a little bit more of like creative direction or like marketing, whatever that like nebulous term meant to me. And so Kelsey and I were having lunch once and um, at, at the RIP at the Winchester. Um, love that place when it was around. And I was like, I really don't want to be a solo entrepreneur anymore. I want a business partner. And so I kind of had looped Kelsey into this lunch with nefarious pretenses. And I had baited her and I was like, you know, I really want to start this business, but I don't want to do it alone. I don't really know who would want to partner with me and just kind of setting the stage. And Kelsey, Kelsey says, I was <laughs> Kelsey's like, oh, like well, yeah, sure. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm ready for my next challenge. You know, would you 
be interested in working with me by chance. And Mal was very cool. She's like, well, you know, I think about it. We could talk about it. Like, come up with a plan. You know, and now later I know she was just laying the trap, like, you know, ready to, to really. Yeah. Plan. She just fell right into the palm of my hand. No. She um, and it but was, like, it was in all seriousness. No, go, go. What was funny? Oh, I was just going to say, like. You said yes. You know, in, in retrospect, hilarious. Uh, no, we <laughs> then kind of moved into, all right, how would we do this? What would we do? And we thought, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to have this very well thought out business plan. We're going to take six months. We're going to save up a bunch of money. We're going to enter into this really on like a good footing. And, um, the next thing we knew we had, uh, someone in our network come to us and say like, Hey, I, you know, I hear you build websites for the hospitality company that you work for. Do you think you could do that for, or do you know someone who could do that for like another hospitality company? And, uh, I remember immediately calling Mallory from like a corner of my workplace. Like, Hey, I've got a line on a project. I think we should just pitch it to like, see what happens. They're probably not going to go with us, but it's good practice. And we can kind of like figure out what we want our offering to be. Let's just go for it. So we were like, all right, sure. Why not? And Mallory actually, gave me a pair of shoes from her store at the time. Um, Rome on what street was that Mel? Wells in, Bu- in, Wells. Town, in old town in old town. And she was like, here you go. Cause she couldn't be at the pitch. She's like, here's some bitch and pitching shoes for you. And I was like, okay. I, I was going to say they were bitch and pitching shoes. They were blue. They're awesome. I still have them. And, um, when, yeah. and, and we got the job. And so Mallory and I like had a check with our name on it before we had a bank account. And we were like, oh no, we have to start a business. <laughs> so it was like a, a very, yeah. it started very slow. You were like, what do we, what do we tell them to make the check out to? Uh, okay. So I want to fast forward because that's obviously very early days. And we're going to talk a lot about what came in between, but I want you to share with everyone. What is week of the website? Because your business is genius. I mean, it is genius. And what you do is genius and how you do it is genius. And I, I want everyone to understand that literally it is exactly as it says. So yeah, tell us we what build webs- do. Yeah. We build websites in one week. <laughs> but in all honesty, yeah, how we've about been doing that this- for an elevator pitch. Yeah. We've been doing this since 2016. This way we developed a process to help us just get it done. Um, and we work primarily at the time we developed it for people who like needed a website yesterday. Um, and now all these years later, we've built 700 websites this way. Um, and it's kind of wild to us <clears throat> that it has been working this well with almost very little adjustment along the way. I mean, we're always looking to improve, but yeah. We build websites in five days on Squarespace, um, which allows us to get uh, really deep into some more fun elements without having to add a whole lot of time and, and dollar signs to people's budgets, which is great. So when someone comes to you and says, all right, I need a website, what can they expect? So our week of the website. Like what happens? Yeah. So we'll talk to them about their project. We, we ask a ton of questions because it's for us, like sales has to be more matching. As you can imagine, not everyone is a good candidate to build a website so expediently. 
Um, our goal was to build a process that would be yeah. very like concierged and really leaned into the project management side of it because a lot of people can design beautiful things. Fewer people can design beautiful functional tools for people's business in the time frame that they promise to do it in. So that is really our, we, we jokingly say like our product is our process and it's true. So when, when a client mm -hmm. comes to us, they can expect a website that is between one and 10 pages. Um, it's built collaboratively with a designer developer and a project manager who are with them every step of the way. Um, they fill out a discovery survey, they fill out an outline. And then during the week, we do a series of five screen share calls where every day they're checking in with their team. They're seeing the work that's done on the website, giving iterative feedback. And, um, by the end of the first week, the website's done. They sit with it for the weekend, send us the last round of changes, and then we get it launched. So, we had no idea when we started that I, this is, this is what, this is the podcast for it. But like, we didn't know we would work with Lucy Liu. We didn't know we would work with Jenny Han. We didn't know that we would bring Jessica Knowles, um, you know, website to life when she was taking, um, luckiest girl in the world to, uh, Netflix. So it's, uh, or luckiest girl alive, excuse me. So it's, it's been a wild ride. Really fun though. So let's talk about that in between. So you talked about how you pitched in your bitch and pitch in blue shoes <laughs> and you got mm -hmm. your first client and you had a check before you had a bank account. How did you turn that first client into a second client, into a third client and so forth? Yeah. Well, it's kind of like we had two eras where we were building websites, kind of like the old, what we think of as like the old school way, right? You make like a of static design and then you get approval, then you build. And that was not working for us. We just like didn't, we didn't enjoy it. It felt slow. Everyone like lost momentum. So our first client was actually also connected us to our second client doing something completely different. We were producing food festivals, galas, nonprofit fundraisers, in addition to building websites. So we went to New York on another project. And while we were there, we got an email from Squarespace asking us about like a social media post we had put up and I replied and I was like, Hey, we're in town. Can we come to your office? And they were like, uh, sure. <laughs> I mean, it was a pretty, they were, they're pretty small still. Mm -hmm. So Mallory and I went over and we met with Jeremy Schwartz, who is, um, to this day, their head of community and, um, had this really great meeting where we were just like, we are building on your platform. We really like it we're not loving our process. Have you seen anything cool? And he told us a little bit about some of the other folks who were building on the platform and told us about this one company called Knapsack run by Ben Manley, who is now a friend of Mallory and I's. And um, they build websites in a day. And Mal and I were like, oh, <laughs> that sounds really hard. But after we left the meeting, we were walking down the street. Um, we were walking in front of the Muji in uh, Manhattan. And I just remember Mal and I talking. Yep. I looked at her and I was like, I don't want to build websites in a day because people, you know, change their mind. But we could do it in a week, I bet. And um, that was kind of yeah. the beginning of that <clears throat> idea. Yeah. And the first website we built was actually for some people we all know. So Rachel Richal, uh, 
between bites, their event series. Um, we had asked them because they were close friends of ours. We're like, hey, can we like beta this process with your with your with your series? Can we see if this works? And we're like, you know, we're gonna give you like deep discount, but you gotta tell us like unbridled feedback. Like, give it to us the way like we can improve upon. And we finished, and they're like, this is great. And then we took it to some of our clients. So our first client um, was a restaurant group, one-off hospitality in Chicago. And we ended up building a bunch more of their websites on it. Everyone just really, really liked this efficient process that made them focus for one week with a really high payoff. Um, We were able to just make everyone's lives a little bit easier. Um, Project management side, our goal was to basically fully concierge the process because Kelsey and I, having both come from the client side of things on websites, Kelsey managing her restaurant groups, myself having an e-commerce site for my retail stores, we knew that there was a lot of smoke and mirrors and we wanted to make the process really transparent so that people would feel really comfortable. When you're doing design in a really fast turnaround, you have to establish trust and comfort with your clients. And that was kind of the way we did it was by just like basically fully opening our books and being like, here's how we're going to do this. Here's our process. We're going to prompt you for everything we need along the way. Your job is just to give us really clear feedback. That's all we need. And from there, we took it and we just started to recognize little key points in what we were doing. Like, okay, it's really important for us to get clients sign off um, every step the way. And so we built that into our process. Um, And we grew by word of mouth. We did absolutely no marketing up until two years ago, a year ago. Um, We're still working on marketing and figuring that out. But we grew entirely. It's very funny that you say that because I literally just wrote down in my notes, have you ever had to market or have you ever had to pay for marketing or has it always been word of mouth? I, I mean, I yeah. legit wrote that right before you said that. So it was word of mouth until we decided, OK, it's time we're plateauing. We need to, like, get this going a little bit more. And so what we only was actually- that point, though, that of that plateau? Was it a financial plateau? Was it like what was the plateau that you were like, like we need? And, and in that plateau, not only did you have to pay for marketing, but did you also have to pay for people? Yeah. Um, it was really, to me, from my end, it was a financial, um, and, and my job with, with the business is to basically run that part of it, um, on top of the marketing and creative and stuff like that. So we were just coming up to a point where we knew, all right, this is about maybe as big as we can get. Now we have a decision to make, which is how we want to grow the company, which to be completely frank, we're still trying to figure that out. Um, our goal was always to do it in a really meaningful, slow way. Um, we didn't take investment uh, when we started. Kelsey and I put our own dollar bucks in. Uh, it was 2500 bucks each. Um, and we used that to power our business until our first capital loan came through last year. So we were, we were completely... Um, we were a solvent business, but we just weren't making huge amounts of profit. And we knew that in order to do that, we would need to probably put some money into marketing. Every single one of our friends that worked in marketing was like, this is the thing that will take you to the next level. But prior to that, like our whole thing is like customer service. And so with that, we would get referrals from pretty much every single one of our clients. Most of our clients now still remain referrals from past clients. And when you work with such a 
deep bucket of people, like 700 to this day, like you get a lot of people referring you. It doesn't always translate because obviously our business has changed. Our prices have gone up. Um, we've had to make some adjustments based on like our product and what we were offering. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until last end of last year where we actually put some money into bringing some people in. Um, and the way we do things is a little bit differently. Wait, wait, can right. we pause for a second? Because I want to mm -hmm. ask you something. Until last year, was it just the two of you? We actually, um, we started bringing in contractors about five years ago. So okay. we have a contract-based business. There's three of us internal. Everyone else is a contractor and we have about 20 people total. Okay. Yeah. And then and now... We started out. Now it's Mal three. Okay. Yeah. So we started out, Mal and I, I built the websites. She project managed the projects. And then you will probably totally understand this transition. But uh, when my son came along, it was not feasible for me to be on calls uh, every day of the week. <laughs> LOL. Now I'm on calls a hundred more times than that. But uh, it was, it wasn't possible for me to be able to like run the business, take care of Jess and, uh, build the site. So we both like stepped out of being the active site builders. And I think that was also like a really big switch for us is that used to be kind of a met, like a, a tool that we could leverage if things were a little bit slower, right? Well, it'd be like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, I'll build it. She'll PM it. And you know, then that'll be like essentially work a little, you know, we won't have to pay contractors. And so when we did that, that definitely changed the game for us. And I think a lot of, I think a right. lot of companies, a lot of businesses go through that transition where you stop being the person who does the thing and start being the person who manages the people who do the things. And I don't know that. Let's either talk about though. I want to yeah. talk about that though. How did yeah. that change your business and how did that fuel growth in your business, which I'm sure it did because that's why we all do that, right? Like we want to be the people who are working on the business, not necessarily in the business every single day. And that's something we talk about here all the time. Yeah. And, and I also think that you guys realizing that and making that switch is a really tough change. And it's really, that's a hard transition for so many entrepreneurs. Yeah. yeah. Well, you go from basically you know, you're doing it. And so your overhead's pretty low to being like, oh, now we got two CEO salaries. We got to bake into our overhead somehow. How the hell are we going to do that? So we did a couple of things. Um, first of all, because the design business can be a bit seasonal, a little bit volatile, depending on the market, we work with, con we work on a contracting basis model. Which means that we, you know, we try to guarantee and we push as much as we can, but we only have to pay as much as we are making ourselves. And so we made really clean decisions with the way we structured our margins so that the agency could operate while being in perpetuity while being able to pay people too and, and well. Um, so that was really important to us. We made that shift. And obviously when you make that shift and you have a much higher overhead, because we basically had not, we pay for like software. Um, that's it. And so all of a sudden we've got these salaries and it was tough. Um, so our margins had to change. Um, and we made that choice and we did it in a way that didn't affect our contractors at all. But having contractors allows us to be really nimble. But the kind of uh, thing that is not so obvious about working with contractors is that you're oftentimes working with people who are like the best of the best. And they also come with a very varied background, which is like intangible. You cannot 
say how valuable that is. I, I will go on forever saying like, I love that we work with contractors that have other work that they do because it means that they come to the table with a lot better ideas. They're not working in this echo chamber of just week of the website. Yeah. Um, and so we had to do that. Um, and the other thing I'll say about comes, that is kind of like on the flip side, outside of just the, um, you know, the financial decisions. The first business book my dad ever gave me was the E-Myth. I found it the other day and it was in like 2007 when I graduated from college and it was like, here you go. Here's your first guide to business. And you know, that book is all about setting your company up in such a way that you can eventually have, um, a, a self-sustaining business. And I think that's really seeped into Mal and I's, uh, consciousness when we were thinking about this process was how do we build a process that's repeatable, understandable, and very, very clear for us to train new people in, because if we're promising right. like an exceptionally high level of customer service, as well as an exceptionally high level of work for a cost that is reasonable for what we're doing. You have to have a system for that. And so that's something that we spend a lot of time and a lot of energy on refining and improving so that we can hand work off. And as long as you're hiring people who you really, really connect with as like a person and trust to execute your vision and people who have like the design chops and the project management chops to like do really well with that process, then stepping away and being the person who does the thing doesn't matter as much anymore because you're able to build that. And, and I think that's like one thing that we are really grateful for is there is definitely an emotional experience of moving away from that work. It was very hard for me because I love to design and I love to build and felt like I had to choose between like being a mom and doing this thing. But Mal gets all the credit for this because I came back from my very, very brief maternity leave and she presented me with a new org chart. And she was like, these are the things you're really good at. You are going to do these now. And I just remember being like, okay, <laughs> but it had to happen. So let's talk about your roles and how they've shifted as you've stepped away from those initial responsibilities because that ultimately was the business. You built the business based on your roles, based on what you guys did for a week of the website. And now right. you are in this position where you're managing people. What, is, what are your roles now? How have they changed? Oh my gosh. They've changed so much. So we started, <clears throat> Kels was doing, um, I'll speak specifically to Week of the Website, not our production agency, because we had two companies at one point. But Kels was doing all of the development. So that is, if anyone is a developer, um, an incredibly time-consuming job. And we would be doing like one to two websites a week. And so that's enough. Um, so I was project managing, which is a little bit less of a lift. Um, and I was essentially like running the financial background. Um, we were sort of tag teaming operations. And as we started to grow, um, you know, and got to this point where we needed to hand stuff off, things started to shift where operations came off of my plate and went to Kelsey because Kelsey was working more hand in hand with the developers and the teams every single day. Um, Kelsey then sort of took over as we hand off business, right? The point is you have to go out and find more business. And so right. sales became like a really big part of what we were doing. And so Kelsey's excellent as that as well. And so 
I had presented her with sales as well. I was like, this is something that we usually were around rabbiting it, but I was like, in order for me to take on more, I need to offload. And as you are not doing design anymore, here's a really great way for us to siphon this off. I kept with the financial side of stuff and I essentially started to take on marketing, um, which we've been slow building a little bit and building a a team around. So that's kind of where our division ends. We also have an operations manager that's our only other in-house employee who handles the day-to-day and essentially runs the, I tell her every day, I'm like, you you run the day-to-day for us so that mommies can go out and find the business. (laughs) Hi guys, it's me, Lindsay. I'm not sure if you're aware, but over the last nine months, I haven't just helped big enterprise brands on their marketing efforts through my consulting firm. I've also helped over a dozen women, small business owners in launching their companies, building their brands, and to tweak what wasn't working. I've been building and growing brands for nearly 25 years, but I've forever used one method to build my own brands and that of my clients and students. My signature suite method utilizes social media, your website, emails, events, partnerships, and publicity to generate and execute cost-effective, community-centric marketing strategies. If you're looking for that added layer of guidance, please reach out. There's a link in my show notes. Book a call with me and let's see how I can help you. I can't wait to meet you and learn about your business. Now back to the show. I love what you said, Kelsey. You said... um, that Mallory handed you an org chart and said, this is what you're good at. So this is what you're going to do. So one bravo to both of you. One, you Mallory for recognizing that. And two, Kelsey for you saying, okay, I'm on board. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Okay. (laughs) You know, at the end of the day, that is really what you should be doing. You, you, me, anyone listening should be doing the things that we're good at because that's where we excel and that's where we can move the business forward. And it's really those things that really bog us down that we should be outsourcing and letting people, other people do, because that's how you grow the business. So I would love for you guys to touch upon the importance of that realization, because this is something that comes up here all the time. I think a lot of entrepreneurs say, oh, but like I can't afford to do X, Y, and Z. And I don't think they often realize that they can or that that help or that off that off offboarding or that um, outsourcing really comes with, you know, it, it can it can look in men. It can look many different ways. Right. It doesn't have to be a full time CEO salary. It could be contractors. It can be right. other things. And I think it's so important for people to understand that you need to do that to grow your business. Right. And you guys recognize that and you did it. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're not lawyers. We're not accountants. We're not good at that stuff. And I think the first example of us truly outsourcing was when we hired our accountants like right away. And I think that's the number one thing I hear people like, oh, I can't afford an accountant. I'm like, you can afford 250 bucks, maybe, maybe a quarter. I mean, it's not too bad. And we're talking about two women who came to the table with their own money who bootstrapped. So I was right away like, here's something that I absolutely hate doing and I'm not going to manage. One, because numbers are not my favorite. And as I run the finances of the company, I'm like, I love Excel. But I'm like, this is not my favorite type of work. And also, I'm going to mess something up here. I don't want to be messing up something for the company, this kind of high stakes. So we're going to put some money into that so that we don't have to. What it does is it like... It's like, what's your time worth to you, right? And for us, I was like, this is a no-brainer. Let's give them some money because my time is better spent over here that actually has some impact on what we can do. 
Um, I was just going to say, the, like, for, for on my side of things, when we hire developers for the first time to actually build the work for the clients, to me, I feel like it was a really fun test of, like, our competence in our business because, yeah. um, you know, I think about that, like, A's hire A's and B's hire C's of, like, I always want to be hiring people who are better than us because like I feel really yeah. confident in the unique value that Mallory and I bring to our uh, to our team as like a real burden or any kind of thing. But it's it's the people who have this skill that is beyond what we can do when we can bring them into our organization. Yeah. It just strengthens us as a group. And like we have people who work with us as contractors, but they've worked with us for years. Like we have a yeah. team of people who, you know, our five developers, there's one person we added in the last year and everyone else has been with us for two, two or more years, which is a lot in tech. So you said that you used to build when it was you two, like working on the business, one to two sites a week. Where are you at now in terms of building? How many a week are you building? Usually four or more. Yeah. Um, four it, or it more. It comes in and out. We'll have. Mm hmm. People seem to go for the same weeks, which is funny to me. Like, I think there's of course they do. Really, they like always go for the second or third week. It's hard for people to wrap their heads. So we, we end up having these kind of like uh, wavy uh, weeks. But yeah, I mean, it's it's also we've had times where it's been a lot more. We, we raised our prices recently partially because we were completely overwhelmed. Like we had developers doubling up and taking multiple projects, which we, you know, are, are kind of like staggered projects. And we realized like these people are working really hard and they are so good. Like this, that is a little bit of the problem is they keep outgrowing our clients. So we keep bringing in better and better clients to work with them because they refuse to work, you know, below this level. And uh, so, yeah, there was there was a month where I think we had like, I think we did like 25 websites in a month. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I think all of us were like, never again. <laughs> And yeah. then we have like a lot well, of team members at that point. I mean, unless you have a bigger team, right? I mean, that's right. Right. So, yeah. So you, you I, we you talked about this in the beginning and it's funny because Mallory, I also wrote this down before you said it, but you guys are selling a process. I mean, that's really, right. like, you have a process and you recognize that. Now, one of the things that I talk about a lot with entrepreneurs is the importance of memorializing your processes so that yeah. you can give it to other people. And you have built a business on this. Right. So, you know, and I think that that is just, I, I want to point that out because everyone has processes for things and it is so important to have those processes and systems in place, no matter what your business is or if you're selling the process or not, because right. that's how you run a meticulous business. Right. The only way we were going to be able to do this is by using like a lot of automations, a lot of systems. And we were thinking about scalability before we even needed to scale because we were working with contractors. So we had to write our process down in order to have something like a guidebook for people to come back to when they were like, what, what am I supposed to be doing next? 
So we were thinking about this from like day one. We were like, how do we standardize this? How do we push this out to the team? How do we talk about updates? How do we train people? Um, so now when it comes to us, like we can take on however many projects come to us. It's very easy because we have a pretty deep bench of people who understand our process, both on the project management and the developer side. Um, and if we need to bring in someone new, one of those two people can help quarterback what's happening. And we have not only that, but our Slack community for Week the Website is huge and everyone is bouncing ideas off of each other. And so it's just like this really solid hub of people who work at the top of their game, are always building their skill sets. And we have access to all of this like big community that I feel like we take for granted sometimes of these people who just like know how to do it and you can help us along the way. Um, you know, we've had a couple of moments where we had to dig deep and a lot of our team members have risen to the occasion. And a lot of that is because they have a really deep knowledge of what we do at Week of the Website. So they can just hop in and take the reins, which is wonderful. So you manage you, sorry, you mentioned Slack. What are some mm -hmm. other tools that you use to create efficiency mm -hmm. and communication within your organization? Because you are managing a lot of different people and they're not yeah. employees. Right. Um, let's see. We love answering this question. We're pretty deep into G Suite. So we love like shared documents. That's kind of a no brainer. Um, we use Slack, we use Calendly is a huge one for us. Um, we were using Calendly before anyone else knew about it. And we were like, we're tired of going back and forth to try to set a meeting with people. We're just going to have the clients pick the time and pull our calendars. That one's huge. Um, Kels can talk a lot about the other ones because Kels is the one that puts them in place most of the time, like, like, uh, Zapier. Yeah, my, my New Our Year's favorite. resolution this year was to figure out if it was pronounced Zapier or Zapier after years of using it. And uh, it's <laughs> Zapier. I learned that at 1201 on January 1st. But yeah, it's that's a great tool for us <laughs> because it helps us <laughs> connect our different resources, different tools. We just did a major, major, major CRM transition from HoneyBook to PipeDrive. Um, and that was like a big lift, but it's been really, really good for us. Um, we use Asana. I probably use Asana less than Mallory would like me to, but, uh, we also use Notion for some internal documentation, but yeah, we keep it pretty tight. Like, I don't think we're trying to always, Mal has a great handle on like not too much, right? We don't need to have a different tool for everything, but one of the other things we've been doing is Smart. we use Loom to send examples to our clients or to send, like create videos to help people understand what we're talking about. One thing that has been always very important to Mal and I is that we bring a sense of approachability to web design. It is something that people come to us all the time, Lindsay, and they say, I'm so embarrassed of my website, or I don't even know the words to talk to you about this. And every single person on our team will say, just say whatever you like, describe it how you describe it. We don't care yeah. if you use the right term for it. We just want to understand what you mean so we can help interpret that into something that exists. And so I think we're always trying to think about how do we take away how do we simplify? How do we make things clear, understandable, and approachable for our team, for our clients, for each other, for anyone who interacts with our brand? Well, that's why you're so successful. 
I mean, really and truly it is like, I mean, it's, it's a, that's a big part of why you're so successful because you make it approachable. And that is so important. People tell me all the time you make Instagram and marketing and social media approachable. And I knew you could help me because you could talk to me in a way that I didn't feel stupid. And right. that is what a lot in a lot of entrepreneurs and business people that are coming to you that come to me that come to other service providers. They're they're what they want to focus on their business. They don't want to focus on their website. They want to focus on their business. And so you have made it so that they can do that in a very easy way. That's not drawn out over six months. When you think about the web building process, most people would say to you, oh, it took months to build my website. So the fact that you have this solution that is really attainable and businesses can have a website in a week like it's amazing and that's why you're so successful really like i mean so kudos you for figuring that out thank you we're working on a course right now that's like a free five-day email course folks can sign up for um called how to hire a web designer and half of it is because (laughs) i find well i just find people come to us and they've been told like totally bizarre things in terms of timing and cost. And I know what we do is kind of unique, right? Like there's, we're not a fit for every project, but I wish that more people were comfortable um, telling people what they're going to do for them in terms they can understand and then providing them with Mm -hmm. deadlines and tangible information about how the project will go and when it will launch. Like, That seems to me to be like a very bare minimum of doing business well. So I'm always surprised when people come to me and they're like, I have been treated so poorly. And I'm just like, let me hold you. First of all, I'm sorry that happened to you. Um, But we're really focused on like, how do we match this client to our process if it's a fit? And if not, who can we put them in front of that's going to be able to give them the service that they need? Because there are people who like, the idea of working on something for a week and then launching it totally freaks them out. Now, I will say we have gotten to a place where we now use our core week of the website model as like a base that we can build off of for more advanced projects. So we have projects that will span a month, but those are things that have lots of pages, really big interaction features, um, e-commerce, Uh, integration of other third-party services. And what we do is we just take our week of the website model and we kind of string together a custom engagement for them, but it still operates on the same principles of clarity, an understandable process, having a team who's going to walk you through everything each step of the way. Mm -hmm. And most importantly, a group of people who are there to really listen to what you need, synthesize that through their technical knowledge and turn it into something that can be a powerful tool for their business instead of something that they pay a lot of money for. They spend a ton of time building. They hate every minute of the process and then they launch and can't do anything with it. Um, and, and you know, that's the last piece, right? Is we want people to be able to use their websites. We train them on how to use them. And then there's no obligation to us to manage or maintain them. We hand it all over. It's yours. Very recently, which is also the best part, too. 
right I'm like, for you guys you me for it's it. genius Here it is. <laughs> for us yeah people like one of the first things that a lot of mentors like early stage came in and said are like what's your retaining model and i was like you know what we don't want to do that because it just slows us down right now and also squarespace is a really usable tool and every single one of our clients says to us i want to be able to use this and update this on my own afterwards and we, we were like great that alliance with what we want to do. And we hear that all the time still because websites, I always say like my whole new thing is like websites are supposed to change and grow pretty frequently at this point. They're no longer, Kelsey likes to call them like we're not, they're not billboards, right? Right. They're no longer billboards. Like they need to be able to evolve. And so we want to build you a tool you can manage so that you don't have to call us, spend 150 bucks on a couple of image changes. That's not what we're here to do. We're here to like build you a tool. It's so funny that you say that because I build people marketing strategies and social media strategies, and then I teach people how to implement them in their companies. And I don't manage social media, and I don't want to, and I say no thank you. And it, it actually, people, when they ask me to do it, I say, fine, if you want me to do it, it's going to cost you this, but it's a really bad waste of your, it's a bad use right. of your money. But I'll do it. But it's very similar to you. Like You don't want to manage anyone's website. I don't want to manage anyone's social media. I'm happy to no. tell you exactly how to do it. And what to do and what to post and what to share and how to change it. But no, thank you. I don't want to do the heavy, like the heavy lifting after, like, which is very similar to your process and model. So I love mm-hmm. it. I love that you guys do that. Yeah. I have three things I want to ask you. Okay. One of them is going to be really short, but, um, and then I, I promise I will let you go. Um, the first thing is, is Mallory, you talked about marketing and having to market for the first time. What are some things that you're doing that even as you figure it out that are working for you? Mm. So I assembled a a really dynamite team of folks. And so we do things differently at Week of the Website, um, which is to say, like, we're not just going to pay for an ad. Um, So one of the things that's really working for us is we actually launched our own podcast. um, uh, At this point, it was like six months ago. So we had one season and we were like, we're going to test this out. Kelsey and I had done a podcast really early in our career together and it was great. But this was back when like AV and recording at home was like a lot more difficult. So we did that. We hired our producer, Raina, um, who's incredible, who helped us to start to do that. We started to see um, a little, we knew, we were like, we'll start to see the needle move. And our next season is coming out in early June. Um, And this time we have our guests on. Now that we've kind of got it figured out, we have our guests that we're bringing to the table because our whole thing, one of our company ethos is like transparency and information share, being really open about stuff. So leaning into our company values and like letting that be an expression within our marketing strategy. So that's one really big one. Um, One really other big value that we have is joy. And so everything we do needs to be joyful. So our Instagram, we think about a lot differently. We knew that the algorithm wasn't really going to lend itself well to frequent posts, nor was that going to be a great use of our time. So we leaned into stories and we leaned into just using it as a design platform. So if you go to our Instagram handle, you'll see that like our grid is a static grid, which really more so tells a story about who we are, who we serve and our clients and how we got there than it being like, we're going to keep posting content because we have a blog for that. We enact, we use a blog because we know in the website world, SEO is really important. And the first thing we always tell people who ask us the SEO question is, well, you need a blog because you need something for Google to be picking up on. You need people to be linking up to it. It's one of your most powerful tools. And so we developed a blog with our friend, um, Molly H., who comes from the Between Byte Bites world, and she is our on-staff editor for all of these things. 
So what we're finding works really well is one collaborative and multiple voices on our channels. Um, the more we have bring more people and more varied perspectives to the table through our week, the website, um, voice, the better. Um, so diversifying that, um, and then really it's just leaning into storytelling. These are kind of like really high level things, but like, our agency assistant, Sam, comes in and does a lot of storytelling for us through LinkedIn. And we identified that on our LinkedIn channel specifically, storytelling works really well. Um, and so those were kind of the things that we sort of leaned into. And overarching it was like, this has to be cohesive. So what we're talking about on the blog, we're talking about on our podcast, we're talking about on Instagram, it's going through all of our channels. And so we identify people that have like really good things to say. We we basically empower them to tell those stories. And we've got a lot of new stuff. Like every single quarter, we're having these meetings where we're like, what's working, what's not working? We're like, well, we know the podcast work. We don't quite know exactly how yet. Somehow we're getting a lot of people from Facebook and we don't have a Facebook account. And it turns out it was like Kelsey. And so we're like constantly going back and being like, what's working, what's not working? Um, but those were like kind of the big things is we're like, okay, varied voices, resources. People are hungry for in, like information and resources especially with what we do. We're all about like sharing that stuff and doing it in a way that's like approachable. I'm so glad that you, one, that's what the answer was and that you shared that because everything that we discuss here is word of mouth and the importance of it. And then mm -hmm. also organic marketing and sharing your story and sharing your client's stories. I mean, that's literally like what I tell my clients all day, every day to do. And you can't run ads even until you do that. So it's right. like- it, you have to do that before you have an ad campaign, period. And right. Story. Or like, we'll use ads for lead gen, yeah. um, for our yeah. lead gen course. But other than that, it's like, oh, God, it's too much. I really didn't, like, have any feelings about LinkedIn until Twitter met its demise. And because I was, like, a big <laughs> Twitter person. I met my husband on Twitter. Um, but now <laughs> I, I feel like LinkedIn has become business Tumblr and I'm really into that. Like I'm having a really good time. Mallory was like, you need to post to LinkedIn more. And I was like, okay, fine. But then I'm just going to do it like as me because Perfect. I, can't, I can't, I can't do the pot. Like, I'm no, not, we're not polished, <laughs> but that's okay. So we don't have that's, time for polish. It's authentic, and that's what people right. want. They want to see you. So yeah. before I ask you my last question, I do want to ask you about your growth. I would love for you to kind of paint a picture of your growth so that people can understand what this $2,500 each has turned into in terms of right. how big are you? I know you've done right. 700 websites, but what can you tell us in terms of your growth? Yeah. So I'll talk about it in kind of like percentages because it's probably That's the easiest to say, talk about it. So when we started focusing on Week of the Website solely, which is... 2020. Um, so we had two businesses before that. Before that, we were like sitting pretty, we were actually like making not that much with it. I mean, it was good, but it wasn't as good as it could be. So once we started focusing on Week of the Website full-time in 2020, we have doubled our business pretty much every single year, with the exception of last year, which is when we started to see this plateauing and when we started to absorb that overhead, which is when we basically were like, we need to go in and do marketing. So we basically doubled two years in a row. And then after that, we were like, okay, now we got to now we gotta like put some more like gusto behind marketing. Um, and now we're finding with marketing um, and with raising our prices, like now we're 
getting to this next stage of our business where we're getting into the millions of dollars versus like anything below that. Um, and it's all about scalability um, and what we were doing before and, and setting up a really solid foundation. Congratulations. Thank Thanks. you. One thing that is built from built from $2,500, everyone each. Yeah. So five grand. You can do it, but it takes a long time. <laughs> this year we met this really big milestone um, where Mal and I became one of like our, we, the website became one of the very few, uh, web design agencies. That's a part of Squarespace's enterprise program. So we can now provide enterprise hosting for our clients. And that was just such a huge vote of, um, partnership from them as an organization, because it was like, gosh, we've come kind of far from, Hey, can we come to your office to like, we now are a, a company that they trust to be able to resell um, their hosting and and be able to work with some of their top clients. And um, we love we love that community. We're really excited about all the growth that they have put into their product. And I think for us, it felt like a financial decision that we had to really weigh. Right. You know, there is a cost to us to do that every year, um, but it was a huge opportunity for us to kind of be able to provide the next level of service for our clients. And so I think that for me on my side of things felt like a huge jumping off point of just like, oh, this is different now. Like we can do, we can do things we did not have access to before. And, um, you know, Cause I love when you say, you're always like, we're a real company now. I woke up and oh my God, we're a real company. <laughs> God, I was like, like, oh yeah, oh boy. I have these moments where like, <laughs> I need to be at the office by X amount of time. And it's, Mel and I said at the beginning of this, we're like, we would like to build a lifestyle business. We would like to have a life that has style and also not, <laughs> you know, ultimately be working uh, in a way that we're miserable. Mal and I, I think, love like yeah. at the beginning of this you laughed at me because I was like it's a joy but I'm coming off of a really great call with with one of our longtime collaborators um working on so many cool projects that Mal and I have grown into in this new phase and it I it, it really is fun it's hard it's like having a kid you know it's really hard of course it's also yeah really running a business isn't easy but nothing worthwhile is as they say yeah. right um, my last question that I ask everyone, and I would love for you both to answer it, is what are three actionable tips that you would tell another entrepreneur who's just getting started? Ooh. Kelsey, you can, Kelsey actually prepared her answers ahead of time because I, because I told her about oh, this question. So okay. I warned her. Marketing, you know? Kelsey, you go ahead, read yours off and I'll think about mine. <laughs> I'm so glad that you had me do that, Mallory. I think ultimately we both really benefit from me having done that preparation. Uh, the first is that you have to trust that you know what leaps to take. Um, for us, we didn't really talk too much about it, but we ditched an entire part of our business that people thought we were silly to let go of. But we knew it wasn't what was going to be right for us in our business. We had to trust that we knew that that leap to take, even if the people around us didn't understand it. Um, we've talked about this, but know that you will not be the person doing the thing forever. You have to build a business that has meaning to you outside of just the thing that you make or the thing that you do. I love our team. 
Mallory and I are obsessed with the people that we work with, not in a weird HR kind of way, but like in a joyful way. And that is our why for doing our work because we, we think we really do get to work with the best clients and the best collaborators. Um, and, um, it's probably good we didn't get too into this because we can get misty eyed real fast, but I will say that my, our partnership, Mallory and I's partnership has been like phenomenally powerful. We have been through so much together. We have been through highest highs and lowest lows. We remain very, 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 very close friends, sometimes roommates, always business partners. And neither of us would have done this without each other. Like we both said, I, I had no interest in doing business alone. And um, I think especially business partnerships, people are like, oh, that could get really messy. Yes, but also you could end up having something very, very cool. Um, I know. So. We keep the spark alive. It's been about nine years. I know. <laughs> nine years. It's like months. a marriage. It truly is. This is our other marriage. Yes. Okay, my turn? Your right. turn. So this is something, this is like a company ethos a little bit, but I, I love to use this in general. Like, there is no such thing as a design emergency, and I think that can be applied to a lot of work things as well. Oftentimes, you get really wrapped up in being an entrepreneur. It's really difficult to separate the emotional stress that comes from it, whether it's like making enough money or having enough time to do other things. So the thing that we always come back to is that there's no such thing as a design emergency, really a work emergency. Like, take a take a deep breath and come back to it like it, it's not going to be the end of the world you've probably figured out harder things in your life like the thing about work on a friday does not need to be the thing that breaks you um another one that kels kind of mentioned is like you know high highs and low lows like it's one of the best pieces of advice i ever heard someone given which was to my sister and brother-in-law when their special needs daughter was born was don't let the highs get you too high or the lows get you too low and i think about that a lot ever since um you know it was said to me and i think about it in a work sense because really there's gonna be ups and downs like you just have to know that they're going to happen and not let them knock you off balance know that Staying focused for us, it's about really like holding on tight to our core values as a company, really having those defined and like staying focused on those, especially when, you know, we've had things promised to us that fall through and we've had bad things happen to us that turn into good. Like you just never know how it's going to turn out. And so cling tight to what you know is your North Star and just keep going and focusing. Um, you know, if someone promises you something like don't don't hold on to it till the ink is dried. Um, just keep keep doing you and keep moving forward. Um, and the last one is something that I hold true, which is just because it hasn't been done before doesn't mean it can't be done. Um, just because you want to do something differently. And I'm thinking for us, that is about how we built this business. Kelsey and I were really, really steadfast in not taking investment because we wanted to be able to build a business by two women in the tech world that valued Things like maternity leave, health insurance, making room for life in our everyday work, 
all of a lot of our contractors are parents and they have to go pick up kids from school. Like it goes back to the first one I said, or there's no such thing as an emergency. Well, it's like just because it hasn't been done before doesn't mean it can't. Like, you know, in, in America, it's very like you you hold tight to like grow, 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 grow. And for us, it's like, who, but like at what expense? Like, do I need to be making the extra money with this project that's gonna burn my team out? Or should we just push it to next month so that everyone can breathe a little bit easier and do a good job? Um and so for us, it's like doing developing a tech company that really like takes into account life was really weird for for a lot of people. But we are like, we don't care that it hasn't been done before. We don't care that we're going to do it differently. We're going to do it this way because it matters to us as entrepreneurs to be able to build a foundation of a company that supports life and not the other way around. So Mallory Ulazic and Kelsey Gilbert Kryling, co-founders of Week of the Website. Thank you so much for being here, for sharing so much knowledge and wisdom and experience with all of us. I hope that you'll come back. I would love to have you back later on in the year. Maybe we could do a Found Her Files about the importance of having a good website. That would be really fun. But I really, really appreciate your time. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you, you, Lindsay. I told you that these girls were a whole lot of fun and I am sure you are as blown away as I am by their story, their brand, their process and everything in between. Also the fact that these two women have worked together for nearly 10 years and they love each other. And that is apparent through our conversation today. I want to share with you my top five takeaways from today's episode. And as always, if you sign up for my newsletter, I'll send all of the takeaways from today's episode, plus so much more straight to your inbox each and every week. But for now, please take out a pen and a paper and get ready to write down the top five takeaways from today's conversation. Number one, you want to work on the business versus in the business every single day. So you might have to realign some of the tasks at hand in order to do this. Number two, it's okay to raise your rates to allow for more growth and to work with the right clients. Number three, Set your company up in a way that you can eventually have a self-sustaining business. Think about how do you build a process that's repeatable, understandable, and clear to train new people in. You want to have a high level of customer service and you want to work for a cost that's reasonable. So you have to have a system. Number four, lean into storytelling. These girls and their team do a lot of storytelling across all their platforms in order to drive awareness of what it is that they're doing. And number five, There are going to be ups and downs and you can't let them knock you off balance. Hold on tight to your core values as a company. Cling to what you know is your North Star. Thank you so much, Mallory and Kelsey, for being here and for sharing your story. And thank you to all of you for tuning in and for listening to another episode of Dear Founder. As you know, brand new episodes drop every Tuesday and Thursday. I hope that you'll click that subscribe button up in the top corner of your podcast player so that you never miss a future episode. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for being here until next time.